0: We thought they were. And we about to. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left.
1: 372 Y Sticks Ooh. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, I'm gonna go to college. I'll just play football.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Man, you played that sound of that train, Roger. I didn't know if it was that or if it was real. I pulled my headphones off for a minute to see if it was coming through again.
3: You might be old enough to remember, is it live or is it Memorex?
2: Yeah, no, I don't remember that. That was the cassette tape. (laughs) Oh, was it? Memorex. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to tell you it sounded that real, huh?
3: Yeah. That was high-tech cassette tapes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, hey, welcome into the show. A train may roll through here at any point in time because I sit here right next to a railroad track pretty much every day. Not every day, but pretty much close to it. Fine with me. It wakes me up every now. It might wake you up, too. Motivates me not to put you in a position where we need a train to wake you up, hopefully. On the show, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service, the kind of guys you can deal with face-to-face, one-on-one. Eyeball to eyeball. Get a cell phone number. Have a fender bender at 10 o'clock on Friday night. Call him. He's up. Call the cell phone number. You don't have to wait until Monday, quote-unquote, Business hours, and call that 800. Now you Talk to somebody face-to-face. That's how you want to do business when it comes to insurance with Farm Bureau, your home team. All right, so a couple things. Hour number one, just finished off a really fun conversation, good conversation with Brandon Marcello, covers Auburn for 24-7 sports. He's in Kansas City, and Auburn's going to play North Carolina tonight in the Sweet Six team. Auburn a five-seed. Tar Heels, one seed, and they have a star player, a guy named Little, who's a little sick. They said flu-like symptoms. Roy Williams said yesterday, yeah, he's in there, can't even hardly pick up a fork to even try to eat. If we played today, he'd have no chance of playing. So, hey, we'll see. Sometimes, miraculously, people get well come game time. But, you know, we'll see about that. Also, earlier today, talked with uh, Teddy Cahill, from Baseball America, all that stuff's available for you there. Just go to uh, thezone1059.com. Go to the On Demand section. Check my Twitter at Radio Wyatt, and I'll get the podcast posted. Look for um, that wherever you get podcasts. Coming up in a few minutes, going to talk with Bo Bounds. Saw Bo on TV last night. He popped into a camera shot uh, as uh, they were ESPN was broadcasting live from uh, Duty Noble Field and the Left Field Lofts. A 6-5 to five win for Mississippi State, thanks to a couple of home runs from Justin Foscue. On the 1-2 pitch.
0: And there's a high fly ball, deep left field. Don't go after it because it is gone for a home run. Foscue just tied it up with his eighth bomb of the year. Well, every time he hits one, it's a no-doubter it seems like. Towering fly ball over the left field wall. And the Bulldogs have tied it up with their own version of a two-out, two-run homer. Five to two now. And there's a drive. And that one's going to go. Going and gone for the second home run of the night for Justin Foscue to make it a six-to-two ball game. Boy, Foscu, he is zeroed in right now. When the ball comes off his bat, it is really carrying. And Foscu with back-to-back home runs with McNamee. Giving the Bulldogs now a little breathing room with a four-run lead. Runner going, pitch coming, throw down. They got a chance to get him. He is out. The game is over. A one-hop throw. The coverage by Westburg. The out is recorded. And LSU trying to steal second base with two outs in the top of the ninth inning. And are thrown out, and the ballgame ends on that note.
2: That's uh, highlights from Jim Ellis on the radio call from Learfield IMG. Is it just me, or was that a really – I mean, it turned out to be a bad idea. But even in conception, a bad idea to have the tying run on base in the ninth inning. (laughs) Steal. You know, and steal with two outs to get thrown out with a guy standing there at the plate. I mean, it's one thing to have no confidence in your hitter to drive him in. It's another thing to go – strategize upon that. I, I mean, yeah, Lee. Six anybody that get hit over there in the left field lounge? What do you mean, with those baseballs? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always that chance. Um, it'll it'll happen eventually. It just hasn't happened yet. Foul balls is what you got to look out for. At most ballparks, and that one included, they put in some extra netting, but still there's areas down in those grass berms and left and right. Where you know there's some rockets that come flying in there. So if you're sitting in those general admission seats on the berms, you better head on a swivel, as they say. <laughs> All right, um, Davini equipment phone. Wayne has something for me here on the Davini phone. What's up, Wayne?
1: Oh man, nothing much. I was down in Cajun country Tuesday night when LSU played. Huh? And and whoever that guy is, he used to play it. LSU. I don't know. I just kind of caught bits and pieces of it. I was going to watch a you know, grand young and play baseball. Anyway, that guy said, that guy said that the the Indian translation of, of Starkville is is a pile of trash or something. <laughs> I said that. He said what? <laughs> so that's what he's saying now. I, yeah. I May not be right to words, but that's just, how about. Hey, I was driving. I had to hang on. I said, "Now, surely he just didn't say that, but he 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 said it." Devil <laughs> trying to buy an
3: apartment over there. Yeah, yeah. that's said, right. <laughs> I said, "What in the devil is
1: this?" You know, you you know, you can talk something. You know, then he said, "Oh, that's a good idea." About five minutes around. Well, said, you know,
2: you know, Wayne. A wise man once said. <laughs> a wise man once said that a, a person must not feel like their own candle is very bright if they cons- yep. if they're constantly going around trying to blow out everybody else's you know what i mean
1: but, anyway, but that just amazed me though you know I mean, yeah it just, it just, well gosh i said i got some out there i don't think they were use that headboard to wear that hat
2: <laughs> i'll say this Wayne. i've been to a lot of the places um Baton Rouge, yeah, it's a it's a much bigger place uh, in terms of population and you know square miles and surface area and everything than Starkville. Yeah, it's a much bigger place. The one thing, the one thing though that Starkville doesn't have that Baton Rouge does have, and and that is the smell of fish. Now I don't know how or why I can explain that. I, it's just there's something about Baton Rouge, and I like Baton Rouge, and I like LSU, and I like their fans, but I'm saying. There's something about where it is. There's this smell. It's, it's got a fishy smell wherever you go. At least Starford didn't have that. Hey, appreciate the uh, phone call, Wayne. Thank you. It's you know,
1: it's just, All right, y'all have a good weekend. All right,
2: you too. Maybe, maybe I, you did. Maybe I was just there when the uh, when the uh, Bradford pear trees were blooming out. Aren't those the trees that smell so bad, or is that the is that crepe myrtles? Uh, who? Which one of those trees? Those popcorn trees that have that really bad smell when they. And <laughs> when they bloom out. Yeah, me. I was just there oh. at the wrong time. But <laughs> well, you know, you know what Starkville is named after though, right? It uh is it it's a guy named Stark. Yep. Who was a military hero. A Revolutionary War hero, John Stark. Yeah. John Stark. Who if you read about John Stark was a real BA, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> this guy was like look all those guys in the Revolutionary War were Bad news, man. Because hey. you know
3: that was a mini ice age going on. They were fighting.
2: Mm-hmm. Mini ice age, and they're tough and like ruthless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, heck, the president George Washington walking around with a mouthful of wooden teeth. Hey, my teeth he, w- falling out. Well, I just you know carve me up some with some wood, and we'll stick them in here. You know, what I mean, it's hey, a whole different era. He didn't play either. No, you don't. Uh, no,
3: you don't uh, try to run off and not serve.
2: Oh, buddy, you better do your duty. Yeah, yeah John Stark was a real you-know-what now. He, a frontiersman of the, like, yeah, he's a dude. <laughs> there you go. There's some current words for Maybe you. Maybe
3: that's that's the the blood that still runs through, you know, yeah. Starkville.
2: Well, it could be. could be.
3: A real dude.
2: He's a real dude. Uh, speaking of the dude, the new dude, uh, we're going to get Bo on the phone because I was watching TV last night. And uh, they they did a quick pan shot of out there the lofts, and um, there he was standing there. He he'd gotten up there into those lofts right behind where they're broadcasting. You had Cal um, uh, Peterson and Tom Hart saw him on there, so I know that it's not the first time he's been there, and I've been there. But it's good sometimes to hear different explanations. A lot of what went on last night in the broadcast, anyway, of that baseball game. Well, really and truly, it, it it probably drove some people crazy because you're they weren't state fans. Like if you were an LSU fan watching that last night, it probably drove you crazy because about half the broadcast was they were oohing and aahing over the structure and the fans and the atmosphere and the ballpark. Uh, but for state fans, I think most state fans really loved it because it was a, a heck of a showcase now, I'll tell you that. It was a heck of a showcase for a restaurant, Tyler, too. Bo Bounds, the host of the Out of Bounds show, in the mornings on WRKS 105.9 The Zone, Jackson, and surrounding areas. Bo is on your radio right now on the Davini Equipment phone. Bo, um, I I saw you last night on TV, and you were checking it out up there in the lofts. How do you describe – I mean, that's what you do is come up with the right words. How do you find the right words to describe – what it's like from that vantage point, watching a game at the stadium.
4: Well, they're calling the game. I thought you made a great point. They're calling the game, but they're bringing the entertainment piece into it, Matt. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a great idea. And there's a lot going on. Here's how I compare it. I compare it to Matt, what, what we do. Well, you do it with football games, so it's a totally different deal, too. But you know how when we're on remote and there's a lot of stuff going on mm, around you, yeah. but you're still trying to fill either a 10- or 11-minute segment or a 22-minute segment, Yeah, and people are shuffling around you and maybe bringing you guests and so on. Well, Kyle Peterson and Tom Hart, that's what was going on. But for those that can't understand the the food and beverage and the entertainment side, I, I really can't help them because that's, That's what the whole deal is built on. And so I thought Kyle did a really good job trying to spotlight the stadium and the all the amenities, along with trying to explain what it's like to watch a baseball game from a condominium-slash-law in SEC baseball that's never been done, and he's trying to call the game with what's going on with Ethan Small or Jake Mangum. Uh, but you and I are on live, and when you're live, you 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 mess up a lot, and you don't have time to, like, cut it and so on. And so I, I thought it was really good, Matt, and, yeah. and I'm biased, but I, I thought it was really good. college every sport this day and age, because we're ADD, and there's so many platforms, and our eyeballs and our brains are going 90 miles per hour, every sport needs, just like our shows, Matt, we need to do different things to shake it up and see what the next, you know, frontier or next thing is. And I thought it was good.
2: Yeah. It's got, um, I've said it and the first thing out of Peterson's mouth was, you know, pictures and video don't actually do it justice until you actually walk in there. And the pictures and video are pretty impressive. But it's got a little bit of like, uh, I don't know. I really don't know what to compare it to. It's, it's got a little bit of like, a you know, a, a major league ballpark type of feel mixed with sort of like amusement park outdoor concert. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. I know that's a hodgepodge of terms, but that's kind of the way I think of it.
4: Well, I think it's it's a little bit of Wrigley and college baseball because what they do is they throw a party hmm. several days a week when they have home stands. Matt. And so foul pole to foul pole, what I think is pretty remarkable is they didn't lose the food and the party and the camaraderie that's been built since the 70s and that's been passed on to generations. But then, as you just said, they gave you kind of a state-of-the-art Camden, New Braves, whatever Mm -hmm. ballpark you want to reference, Petco-type park at the collegiate level. I was around I was in four or five rigs last night or whatever you want to call them left field foul pole to foul pole um areas, and everybody's celebrating around food and having a good time and so I just think they nailed it, and they haven't even scratched the surface now you know this Matt it's big that they got a good ball team. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying yeah right. I mean it's huge that they have they have talent. I mean, this has been a program that for whatever reason has been devoid of talent at t- or the talent level that I believe that they should have at times the last 20 or so years. They've had some good players come through, but maybe maybe not the balance in the lineup and in the pitching staff. And this doesn't mean that they'll do X, Y, and Z in the postseason, because as Kyle Peterson said on my show earlier, it's just too fickle and funky in baseball. And you know that as many games mm-hmm. as you follow and call. But, uh, it's, it's big time. It's big for the state. And uh, here's the deal, though, Matt. And, you know, Florida's going to build a new stadium, and it'll be great. It'll be nice. And the architects and the general contractors and everybody will do an amazing job. But guess what? They won't have the fan base. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah, It just is.
2: Well, and, Bo, that was kind of going to be – that's something I was thinking as you were talking there is, you know, who's going to be the one that, that's going to play hopscotch? Because, you know, these schools have always done that. In different sports, they're sort of playing hopscotch with each other, like somebody moves on up to this level, and the next school goes, okay, well, we'll jump that if we do this, this, and this, and then they move up 10 years later. And so I'm just looking around the league. You know, bomb at Arkansas is unbelievable. I hear, but I've never been there. Of course, the new box at Baton Rouge, we hear great things. And, you know, the truth is the atmosphere and the attendance combined with everything you have at Swayze Field in Oxford, it's a top five baseball facility and, and fan base there in oxford so in terms of the i just wonder i wonder who is going to be the school that in the next five to ten is going to look for an opportunity to play hopscotch and try to jump this you know
4: uh it'll be difficult i i would the the foremost gung-ho fan bases in my opinion are the ones you just went over yeah. msu you all miss in arkansas so I don't think anybody else can pull it off even if they build an $80 million stadium mm. uh, because you're not going to bring – you just nailed it. They bring the carnival here. It's, it's a carnival. It's a festival. Yeah. And it's a party. And then it's college baseball. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. Bow bounds on and, your radio. You bottle that. Well, you, you can't – that's it. You can't. You can try anywhere, you go anywhere and try to instigate it, but if you don't have a fan base to grab hold of it, it won't matter. And the thing they have at State Bowl is they got 35 years of the fan base doing it themselves.
4: Right. Right. And I was, as I was walking through different rigs in the outfield last night, I was running into three generations, Matt. Yeah. Well, that's powerful. Because the the guy, the, the, he's the granddad now, but the guy that started in, in 78, let's say, in one rig, is now, you know, has a son and a grandson. So that's where you can't do that in Gainesville, Athens, Auburn, or Alabama. Now, the four schools that we're referencing are always going to love it and be gung-ho. And it's just the three of those four schools need a national championship, Matt. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, MSU, Ole Miss, and Arkansas are desperately hunting Granted, MSU and Arkansas have loved it longer, but that doesn't mean anything when you're between the stripes. So any of the three could win it before the other one. Uh, and LSU is holding them. And now, you know, Florida, and Bandy, and South Carolina have all jumped up in the last decade and grabbed titles. So uh, they've now put the – they've dotted the I and crossed the T here to drive the next generation to, to love SEC baseball. Uh, what everybody knows, and I think what this team embraces – and that doesn't mean that they'll win it, but what everybody knows, and, and I think this is key because you played at a high level, this team embraces it, is they know that they want a banner out there. Mm. And I think there's something to that, Matt.
2: Yeah, that expectation and the kind of don't settle for less than that, I think there is something to it. Bo, hey, I appreciate you. I could tell uh, you, were, you were enjoying the weather, the food, and the vantage point. <laughs> I could tell.
4: And they kept handing me beverages. I mean, what am I, what's a man supposed to do?
2: Mm-hmm. That why, right? Yeah, I bet they did. Hey, you know what's funny? What's that?
4: Uh, real quick, I thought you were texting me this morning. I thought you, you were up here live at Duty Noble yeah. doing the uh, show. So I jumped in the shower after the show and ran up here and was running around <laughs> trying to find you. And I ran into our... I ran into Nick Byrne, Greg Byrne's son, yeah. who's uh, now with the MSU Athletic Department. He was <laughs> taking me around the stadium trying to find you. But, uh, well, look, man, thanks for having me on the show, Matt. Yeah,
2: sure. yeah, my pleasure. I'm glad that I could uh, trick you into taking a shower this morning, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, talk to you later. That's Bo Bounds from okay. the Out of I like Bounds, Bounds show. Yeah, um, I bet they just kept handing in beverages. What you want to bet? I bet the hand, the air quotes here, handing of beverages, was, hey, there's the fridge. And he's right. Um, Nick Byrne, uh, Greg Byrne's son, is in the Bulldog Club now, working in the Bulldog Club there at Mississippi State. That's a neat thing, and I just like it for the sport. You know, you're going to continue to see places like State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and LSU, and soon Florida – pouring the money pouring more money into baseball as that sport continues to grow and a lot of it is a lot of the growth has a lot to do with the television coverage and digital and online coverage and everything that you're getting now the sport is growing there's no doubt about it i'm matt in the farm bureau studio farm bureau go with the home team stick around
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
2: (laughs) Back! Back! Here we go, rolling along. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You can be a part of the show. Here is the phone number.
4: 601-995-1059. That's right. That's the first number that the Out of Bounds Show built. (laughs) (laughs)
2: 601. 995-1059, 995-1059, that is the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment, your Kubota dealer. They are the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better, longer than anybody else. You're in business that long, you're doing it right. Divini Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Hit me up on the uh, Divinity phone, 995-1059. Easy to remember. Walton on the text line said, in regards to stadiums, if you build it, they will come. There are examples of that, you know, and I think over the years, in regards to facilities, it, you know, recent times there's so much more money being injected into the two SEC schools here in Mississippi. You know, since the... You know, the uptick in TV revenue for the conference going back kind of into the early 2000s. You know, especially Florida really kind of got it going, Oh five, oh six, and national championships, and then the CBS deals got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so that check from the revenue sharing got bigger. And then a decade after that in 2014, boom, out popped the SEC network. Now there's another chunk of revenue being – distributed to all the schools from that. So the checks have gotten bigger and bigger. What was it last year? Was it like the last couple of years isn't it like upwards of 40 million dollars a year that is being given or is it 20? I think it started out around 20, but I think it's getting up there around 40 that the league is handing in terms of a check to each school. Okay? And so there's just more money being injected into it. And it's like we said, you start giving an – back when the SEC network came along in that 2013-14 range, and you project and look at it and go, okay, it's going to start off and it's going to net an extra $20 million um, across the board. And then it grows and grows and grows. You know, and you take a, a school that five, six, seven years ago – like a state or an old mess you have an athletic budget at 50 or 60 million and hand that school a 20 million dollar check man there's a lot you can do with 20 million it's a lot different when you were Tennessee or Alabama and you already had an athletics budget of 100 or upwards of 100 million dollars they hand you 20 million it doesn't seem like it goes as far <laughs> but there's just so much more money so the facilities are going to go uh, continue to grow and be nicer and better And it's up to them to kind of make those decisions. In years past, they were looking at going into debt or not. It was less about raising the money. The possibility wasn't as much there at some places. Now it's just a totally different game. And the facilities here in the state of Mississippi, a lot of them second to none. Matt Camp on the text line at 885 ESPN. Matt says that he went to Baton Rouge his junior high school for a baseball tournament and smelled like fish from the time they got there to the time we left. I, I don't dislike it. I've even said that because of kind of their attitudes and the way they are, uh, if I weren't a state fan, would I be a LSU fan? I might be an LSU fan. I think I could really enjoy living in the state of Louisiana. Hunt, fish, play ball. Hunt, fish, play ball, repeat. I would love it. Same as Mississippi. Exactly. It ain't no different. It's just there they have one school, and here we got two. There they have more people in New Orleans. We don't. (laughs) It's kind of the way it is. There was a text I was trying to get back to in regards to the Tennessee thing. Uh, I really want to see if I can find this. Because it had to do – you know, I was having the conversation – well, it really wasn't a conversation. I was kind of doing my rant about the uh, call that went against Tennessee in the Purdue game last night. They lost at the end of regulation. And um, it did not give Purdue the win. It gave them a chance to win it, which they didn't. They didn't win it. It got it into overtime. Tennessee had five more minutes and didn't play very well. It might have been on Twitter. Let me check it out. Yep, on Twitter. I am at Radio Wyatt. Jeremy said Tennessee got a flop call in overtime when the Tennessee point guard stopped and let Klein run into him as he was uh, chasing to f- to try to foul him out. He was going to try to foul him out, and, or it did foul him out, and he took the uh, charge call. See. Again, one call here, one call there. And everybody going I, – I, everybody's saying, hey, look, at the end of regulation, just swallow your whistle. You shouldn't call. Why? Explain that to me. See, we're going, it's an unwritten rule in basketball. Well, why is it an unwritten rule? That's what I don't understand. You go, well, there's unwritten rules in other sports. Yeah, but in baseball, all the unwritten rules about – you know, if you show up my picture, I'm gonna come back and throw at you the next one. Okay, fine. But it's not about the officials, the people monitoring the sport, policing it. In the case of baseball, the umpires. It's not about them totally throwing out the rule book at a in the most crucial time of the game. That's stupid. They would, but they are saying we're going to do that in basketball. You've had this glaring example at the in the SEC tournament of Auburn going out of their way to try and draw a foul with this egregious contact and officials not calling it because we're going to swallow our whistle at the end of the game. That is so stupid and gutless is what it is. What are you paying them to do? What are you paying referees to do if, you're, if they are expected to do nothing in the most crucial point of the game if it's required? then why are you writing them a check? It's completely gutless. I mean, I hate it. Make the call if it's there. Don't if it's not. You got video review on about 99% of that crap anyway. And in this case, people going, Tennessee got hosed. They did not get hosed. It was the right call. It is a foul. Ten times out of ten. Guy shooting a three-point shot, goes airborne, jump shot. While he's in the air, the defender runs into him, spins him sideways. Oh, it was light contact. Oh, it was contact, and that's all it takes. It's the right call. But, Matt, it was at the end of the game. They should let it go. Nope, they shouldn't. Do your job that I'm writing you a check to do. and Call it the same way you would at any other point in the game. If you don't see it, don't call it. If you do, call it. It's that simple. And then, in this case, it ain't like... He went up there and hit three free throws and beat you. He hit two of them and tied it, and you got five more minutes and got your butt whipped in that five minutes. All these Tennessee fans last night and others, and on Twitter, Tennessee got hosed, bull crap. Let's see. Jared on Twitter, I'm Radio Wyatt. Jared says, do you have the info on the TV ratings for last night? I wonder why more SEC series aren't on more TV channels. He watched it on the app. Look, Jared, I don't know what the ratings are or were. It was on what? ESPNU for that one last night? Tonight's game's on the SEC Network. I do know, again, like I said, if you're an LSU fan, you probably hated it. Because half the broadcast was just them gushing over the ballpark and eating food and kind of highlighting. It was like a a a three-and-a-half-hour commercial for Mississippi State baseball in the stadium. State fans, loved it. <laughs> That's the way that works. All right, we'll wrap it up next. We're going to see if we can get Trey Shap up in Little Rock, Arkansas, on the phone and preview the Arkansas Ole Miss series. If we miss him, we'll do it ourselves. That's next here on the show in the Farm Bureau Studios. Stick around.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
2: Back on the show. I'm Matt, I'm in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Huge series about to happen starting today in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We're about to call my buddy Trey Shap, who's been covering Razorback Athletics on the radio in Little Rock for 103.7 The Buzz for a long time. He is also the voice of Arkansas Little Rock women's basketball on the radio. One of the better amateur golfers in the entire state of Arkansas, as well. And uh, we're going to call him and see if we can interrupt him right in the middle of his backswing. You know, you know what I'm saying? Don't you love that? You know, you you take the club back, and then you're you, you're concentrating. You're in your head where you should be, about to hit a shot. You take the club back. You move the club head about just three feet, start your backswing, and your phone in your pocket goes, <laughs> Don't you love that? Let's see if we did it. Trey Shap on the Davini Equipment phone. Trey, did we ring your phone right in the middle of your backswing? We were kind of wondering if we could pull that off.
3: Actually, I was on the putting green. Yeah. And so I was about to putt, but I had my phone laying down on the green so that uh if it did, um it wouldn't vibrate in my backswing. <laughs> so and as soon as as soon as I, I hit the putt, I picked the phone up, so we're all good.
2: Ah boy. Okay, well just a few minutes here, you're gonna help us greatly because you know there's a lot of attention in our state on this Mississippi State L S U series. Rightfully so. Starts last night and it's happening in Starkville. But this is a huge series. Two really good teams, Ole Miss at Arkansas. Um, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm looking at the record. They're ranked in the top ten. Of course, they played for national championship last year but lost everybody. Arkansas, though, is quietly going about being, it seems like anyway, quietly because the expectations were low, being one of the best teams in the SEC so far
3: they are but i I think you can also look at who they've played and they haven't really played the top teams in the sec yet hadn't faced uh the best arms and uh just the game on saturday in tuscaloosa a game that van horn just chalked it up to that's baseball when you get beat like that 10 to nothing um you know games like that happen uh but they bounce back in the game on sunday hit the ball well kerstedt's hitting the ball well um martin uh leading off is hitting the ball well and so i think this is a a good a good uh good matchup this weekend and uh also arkansas has freshman of the uh, week in, in uh jacob nesbitt
2: have they looked like they have really had to rebuild their pitching staff they were so good a year ago and lose those arms and west johnson off to major league baseball or are they picking up right where they left off just with some new names
3: Think they didn't know what they had in Connor Nolan, who is a two sport player at Arkansas football and baseball. And uh Dave Van Horn, after about three practices, knew what he had in Connor Nolan. He's gonna be the starter on Saturday. Uh just hadn't really gotten a lot of run support, um or offensive support when when he's pitched. So his record is 0 and one. But uh don't take that lightly. Connor Nolan, a freshman, uh can really uh throw the baseball and you know what you have in Isaiah Campbell. He's a guy that you know, last year was was not happy with how things ended in Omaha. He pitched the game against Florida and just completely dominated the Gators to get Arkansas to the championship series. Um so he's a guy five and zero right now that uh you know he's gonna be one of those uh he's gonna be one of those high round draft picks at the end of the season.
2: Yeah. yeah. Trey Schapp on your radio, is Connor Nolan also gonna be the starting quarterback or is Starkle gonna get that job?
3: Uh well, Starkle's not on campus yet, Yeah. so you got to see what you have there. Yeah. But yeah, one would think that it is going to be Starkle. We just we don't know. Not uh, Starkle's not there. For practice. They have their sporting game next Saturday, so uh, find out
2: then. Yeah, you know what? What Chad Morris is going to do? Yeah. Hey uh, Trey, I appreciate being able to catch up with you for just a question or two on the golf course during your round, buddy. It's good to hear your voice. And what I'm going to do is holler back at you next week, and we'll do a full recap of the series. I appreciate you.
3: Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to pay attention to it. Uh, of course, I'm down here. I watched my Cubs yesterday, and I know they go to your Braves on Monday. So mm-hmm. uh, they got off to a good start. I think that the uh, Braves-Cubs series could be a very good one. It
2: could be. If the Cubs get into the Braves' bullpen very much, it'll be a very good series for the Cubs. I promise you that.
1: <laughs> well, if Javi Baez can keep swinging the bat like he did yesterday,
3: we'll be okay.
2: Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> You'll be okay. <laughs> All right, man. Enjoy it. <laughs> T- All right. Talk to you then. All right. Bye. All right. All right, bye. Trey, nice enough to answer his phone during round of golf. A little wind blowing, but there you go. So uh, a couple of names there. Connor Nolan. The reason I said that is uh, showed a little something at quarterback for the football team, but he's making some waves on the mound for Arkansas. They have been pretty good. Look, Dave Van Horn can coach. You know, it's not like, West Johnson, you know, showed up as the pitching coach. In the last two years, they suddenly figured out how to win because of him. All right, Dave Enhorn knows how to recruit, and he knows how to coach. And so, when you look at what Ole Miss is up against, yes, there's truth in what Trey said. They started the SEC season hosting Missouri and swept them. This Arkansas team swept Missouri. Missouri may be a little better than, than we want to give them credit for. It was all low-scoring games, but swept them 2-zip, 4-3, and 3-2. Then they split with Texas in the midweek at Texas two weeks ago. The thing is, that's a Texas team that swept LSU in a three-game series out there. Arkansas goes out, wins the first game against the Longhorns 11-4, to and then a one-run loss in the second one 7-6. to then they really beat up on Alabama twice last weekend in Tuscaloosa: twelve to three in Game One, ten to two in Game Three. But in between, that that ten nothing shutout at Alabama in Game Two, so they didn't get the sweep, but one two out of three. Alabama, Missouri, it's not Vanderbilt and Mississippi State, it's not Georgia and LSU, and it's also not Ole Miss. I mean. I know Ole Miss had the series loss, dropped in the rankings after the Missouri deal, but Ole Miss is the best team that Arkansas will have faced. It's the best offense that Arkansas's pitching staff will have faced. And and Ole Miss, after losing the series last weekend, is coming into this with their hair on fire to make a statement and win, you know, on the road in a big SEC series. That one is a very late start tonight at Baum Stadium in Fayetteville. That's the unusual thing about this. It's an 8 p.m. first pitch tonight. Ole Miss at Arkansas. It'll be televised on ESPNU. Tomorrow on Saturday, the Ole Miss at Arkansas game will throw out first pitch at 3 p.m. in the afternoon on the SEC Network. So a couple of televised games to start that series, it's a pretty big deal. And so everybody's going to get a look, a real good look at Ole Miss and a real good look at Arkansas on television. Um, but outside of that, so um, you look at where they are, Arkansas is 21-4 and four overall in the year. Uh, Ole Miss at 18-8, and eight, told you 8 p.m. first pitch tonight. Around the SEC also, uh, tonight you got Missouri, who's visiting Texas A&M, start their three-game series. Tennessee is at Vanderbilt. Two teams with similar records. Vandy ranked much higher. Supposed to be better. It's in Nashville. So all the Tennessee fans can go there and get an earful of the Vandy Whistler. It'll be game two of the LSU-Mississippi State series. LSU trying to even it. State trying to go ahead and win it. 6 p.m. first pitch. It will be televised tonight on the SEC Network. You have... Auburn visiting South Carolina this weekend, and you have Alabama visiting Florida. So one of those two teams are going to get some much-needed relief coming out of that Alabama-Florida series. I should note also Georgia and Kentucky started their series last night in Lexington. So they played a Thursday game also. And sixth-ranked Georgia on the road in Lexington got a 7-3 win in game one. So tonight at... Five or this afternoon at five thirty, that'll be Georgia trying to get the series win uh, over Kentucky. So there's a look at that. As far as standings, again, you know we're we're early enough that you could say plenty of switching around is going to happen, and that is true. Uh, things are going to shape up a lot better over the next three weeks, but it's not so early that it's, it doesn't really matter. Um, Georgia currently the best conference record at six and one. And in the Eastern division in the SEC baseball standings, Georgia up there at six and one, followed by Vandy at four and two. Then Tennessee and Missouri who are both two and four. And at the bottom of the East, you have South Carolina and Florida who are one and five each unusual to see either one of those in that position And Kentucky bringing up the rear in the east. They are at an 0-7 start in SEC play. So tough, tough year going on for Kentucky and Nick Mingione. Over in the west, that Arkansas team we talked about, they're sitting at the top of the west at 5-1 in the conference, tied with Texas A&M. And then there's Mississippi State at 5-2 after the win last night. Best record overall in the SEC belongs to Mississippi State at 24-3, followed by... Georgia twenty-two and four, and then you got three teams that are twenty and five. Well, two that are twenty and five: Vandy and Auburn, and then Tennessee sitting there at twenty and six, along with Alabama. All right, wraps it up. Had a fun show. Hope Roger gets to have a great weekend, and I hope you do too. We'll do it again on Monday here in the Farm Bureau Studio. Here comes that train, toot toot. <laughs> Y'all have a great weekend. See you. Listening to The Matt
0: Wyatt Show.